0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of While We Were Working. Thank you for joining us. We have an amazing show in store for you, and we have a very special guest. Uh, So joining us today is Maria Thorpe, one of our amazing consultants here at Jumpstart. And just wanted to say hey and welcome, Maria. How's it going? It's going summer. It's so great to be back on our podcast. It's always so fun talking about HR topics and all the things that's going on in our HR world. Of course, of course. I know it's been a little while since you joined on our show and happy to have you back. I know you've been busy working, working your magic with all of your clients, but it's, it's going to be a great show. It looks like we have some amazing topics and Uh, For those of you that are joining us uh, for the first time, uh, the While We Were Working show is really created not just for HR pros, but it's created for people leaders. And we like to talk about things that are happening in the news, things that happen uh, in the trenches of HR consulting, and provide our insight, our thoughts, and also a little bit of advice on how you can work through these items with your team at your organization. So for the very first part of our show, um, this is the while we were working segment. Um, it's where uh, Marie and I take a look at what's happening in the people leader space and pick an article that we think uh, is important to talk about. And we know you missed it, why? Because you were so busy working. So this article actually came out October 30th in HR Dive, and it's called Employees Don't Understand What Engagement Means. And Rhea, you know, in the the HR consulting space, I feel like engagement is such a common topic. And to hear that perhaps it's something that employees don't fully understand, what a better topic for us to chat about today. What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I find it interesting
1: because... You know, every year I find that like HR has a theme, like the focus and it's like, you know, it was, it was focus of going back to work and now it's focus of like, you know, how do we keep our employees? And then there's like, why quitting? Right. And all that's just kind of like fancy terms of, is our staff engaged? Do they like their job or do they not like their job? And why? Why Why don't don't they like their job? (laughs)
0: You know, it's it's so true. And and I think this is a really great reminder of, you know, there's terms that may be very common to us because we work with them every single day. But if we haven't done a really great job in helping our team members understand, then we've missed the work somewhere. And so this this article, I felt, was really important because, one, employees, it's important for employees to understand what engagement is. It's very important for people leaders to understand what engagement is. And so maybe we just kind of start our conversation by talking about what is employee engagement and like generally what does it look like and what does disengagement look like? Yeah, absolutely. So I find it very interesting.
1: Engagement is the level of enthusiasm um, and dedication an employee feels towards their job. So usually Those are your high performers. They go over and beyond. They also have like this level of happiness to them. They're happy to show up at work. You know, it's like that saying that if you find a career you love, you never really work a day of your life. Like that is what an engaged employee is. And then you have employees that are disengaged. They're usually the ones who are negative attitude. Nothing, you know, nothing works. They're not the the happiest. Um, they're usually also very stressed out. They're the ones that are probably stressed on their job. And sometimes they just focus on the money, they're in for a paycheck. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, I get I, I remember this article I read. It was through Sherm, and it was talking about engagement because an engagement is an everyday thing in our organizations. We want our employees to be the best versions of themselves and show up and get the get the job done and enjoy doing it. You know, work's not always fun, but we want our employees to at least enjoy what they do. And this particular article was talking about a benefit specialist who retired and the the person writing the article ran into him, gardening Center. And this person, um, the person who retired was into flowers they lost weight they even got a tattoo and they just really enjoyed their job working in the garden center and so it was interesting from this perspective that the um, writer was saying that every time he worked with his person in her role as benefit specialist she was she just didn't like her job she did the minimum she was always frustrated versus in this garden center where she was working with flowers that's what she really enjoyed Mm -hmm. most And so, yes, it's very like different career traits. Right. But one of the things that came out of that article that I read was like she could have started a garden club at work. She could have kind of like incorporated those things that she did love somehow in her place of work.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And employee engagement at I think at the end of the day is one of the most important things to have your finger on the pulse of because, you know, you said a little bit earlier, Maria, that engagement in its kind of simplest explanation is just the general level of enthusiasm and dedication that employees feel towards their job. And so, you know, when you think about how that shows up in your workplace, those are the team members who are generally excited every day. You know, if you're doing something, they're happy to be a part of it. Uh, they, they want to be part of that team that's working on it. When there are problems, they're focused on, like, how do we fix this? Or how about this idea? You know, they're bringing something to try to move it forward. And I think generally they're excited to learn and grow. And they see themselves there at the organization longer term. <clears throat> Whereas on that flip side, you kind of have, if you were to put a disengaged worker in that same situation, those are the ones who, uh, when there's a problem, not really looking for a solution, but they're maybe complaining, uh, you know, they're going to be unhappy. They're not going to bring ideas to fix it. They're going to probably have some negativity, have a bad attitude. And let's face it, Maria. We've seen both types of employees with the organizations we work with. And it can mean the difference between, you know, an organization thriving um, even through difficult periods or an organization struggling and needing to, you know, potentially have layoffs or even completely shut down. You know,
1: absolutely. And the other thing is I always think of is you know there there's so many in any in any organization when it comes to like the math of it the and more employees who are engaged in their role make the company more profit it's just the way it it's just the way it is like for for many many years i mean i've been in hr for 10 years now and that was probably like the very first thing i ever learned in my hr career but surprisingly only 31% of employees say they're engaged and enthusiastic and energized by their work. So that's leaving you know a little under 70% of people who are feeling the total opposite.
0: And it's kind of (laughs) sad. It's kind of sad. (laughs) Yeah it is super sad. I mean to me that's essentially one in three right. One in three workers are engaged. So you know you think about the other two you have more disengaged workers than engaged workers so if we do nothing um, that that's that's not a good number right but one of the things that companies can do uh, if they aren't already is uh, conduct what we call engagement surveys and you know we can really call them something else if we decide that you know that's not a term that really resonates but you know, these surveys are intended to solicit feedback from team members of what are they really excited about with their work and their employer? And what are things that they aren't as excited about? And those surveys are really important to do regularly because, you know, needs change of team members. But we also know, and this was mentioned in the HR Dive article, Is that a really big issue affecting engagement? Is dissatisfaction with the follow up after employees provide feedback? And Maria, I've probably sound like a broken record because I've mentioned it many times. And you know the the advice that I provide in regards to any sort of survey is don't perform a survey if there's no intent to do anything meaningful with the feedback. So you have to be committed to, I'm going to collect the feedback, I'm going to do the hard work, to sift through it, find the themes, and come up with a reasonable plan of action to try to address the items that team members are dissatisfied about. Uh, but you know, kind of looking at some stats about, you know, that feedback is that only a third of employees believe that their company will actually act on that feedback. Uh, So sounds like there's still quite a bit of work to do, uh, but I think those engagement surveys, Maria, are a really good place to start. I think so
1: too. And anytime any client of mine asks for feedback, I always tell them, are you sure you want to hear the feedback? Because this is where an opportunity for employees to be honest. And sometimes our owners can't swallow the truth of what's going on into their organization. And then my second question is, what are you going to do about the feedback you receive? Like, are you going to act on it? Because it's not worth having a survey and not acting. It actually can contribute to a disengaged employee, right? And disengaged employees are the, you know, we talked a little bit about their their attitude but this is kind of what it sounds like conversations or statements like that's never going to work, but not provide the solution or we've done this before and it didn't work. Or what's the purpose of this or just even frustration in normal conversation, not showing up to work, <laughs> missing important deadlines. It's just that all, all of that. Sometimes um, it can come from having a lack of clarity in their role and not having that lack of clarity and just kind of doing what they think that they need to do, but there's no direction, there's no support, and they're just kind of skating by um, because, you know, they just need the money or they just need to do something, right? So the other piece of this is 40% of employees we prefer fixes to difficult processes at work over development pro- opportunities so i find that very interesting but it also makes sense because our processes and our procedures are the, our operations of the organization and if something is broken or isn't working that will frustrate somebody's job <laughs> right you know, I, I definitely see this a lot in um, our organizations that have cross department functions or like um even I'll just give the perfect example of like going from a sales role, like a sales, getting the sale and sending it to close and then sending it off to your like customer success or project management team. And somewhere in that process, balls are get dropped or there's a kink or somebody didn't do something, or it wasn't clearly defined, and that's what really leads to some of this frustration. The other piece of this which brings up to my mind is the communication around such processes. So much money is spent on miscommunication, and it also can damage relationships. I know on this podcast I've talked about like performance and communication as a big deal, um, but it is. Your relationship you have with your coworkers also impacts, if you like, your job. That's the way I, it goes.
0: It's, it's so true. You're not Girl. wrong. I like
1: working with Summer. I like my job. It's just part of the package. It's great.
0: <laughs> you know, you you bring up a really important point, I think. You know, and in, in, there's kind of two things here that I wanted to mention before we move on to Consultants Corner. But I, I also found it really interesting that... of employees would prefer um, a fix to processes over development opportunities. But it makes sense, right? Because for, you know, the team members that you have that are uh, willing and able to grow, they're being hindered by what's broken. You know, I always talk about, you know, building a house, right? Like, if you think about professional growth, it's like building a second story on your house. But if your first story and your foundation are totally broken, it's going to make it even harder to be successful. And we, you know, we talk about, Maria, the importance of setting your team up for success, right? So this is it. Exactly. Fix the broken processes. Fix the foundation. Fix your first story of your house before you're going to build and grow to that second level. And set your team up for success because nobody wins with an unstable foundation and i mean we we work on you know we work with clients who struggle with that and, and need a fix regularly so really glad that you brought that up in addition to the importance of solid communication and being a great team team member um and overall you know just great employee to the like that kind of in that sense of teamwork. So cool topic, wish we had more time to talk about it, but there's more excitement to come on Consultant's Corner. Uh, so Consultant's Corner, if we shift gears, is where uh, Marie and I, you know, we talk about stuff that's happening um, in the people leader community, in the HR community, what's happening in the trenches of being an HR consultant. And pick a topic that's, you know, real and relevant and share just some of our thoughts again on, you know, what's happening, um, what you can do about it. And before we end our show, we'll also talk a little bit about how Jumpstart can help you with um, engagement and um, also our next topic. And our next topic is about burnout. Gosh, we've talked about this a few times, but it's important to keep talking about it because, you know, we do know, Maria, that burnout can impact workers who are not only like in office, but also remote. And so let's talk a little bit about how like we can um, help fight against remote worker burnout and, you know, kind of dive into some stats, uh, maybe address, you know, kind of the issues with burnout. And then some possible solutions.
1: Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's very interesting because I'm very proud for some of the clients I work with of kind of like handling burnout and just kind of letting, you know, professionals be professionals and holding them to an account, you know, accountable in terms of like their productivity and their output. Not so much of when they're at work. So some of the stats that we have here as of 2023 for Forbes is about 12.7% of full-time employees work from home and 28.2% work a hybrid model. For those who don't know what a hybrid model is, it's usually a couple of days in the office, a couple of days remote. So sometimes it can be inconsistent. Sometimes the employee can have their own schedule. Um, that's usually what it works, looks like. That actually um, can also increase burnout um, if there's not consistency in a schedule. Some other fun facts we have here is 98% of workers express the desire to work remotely, at least part-time. 69% of remote workers experience increased burnout from digital communication tools. So you're staring at a computer for like eight, nine hours a day versus, you know, getting up, walking down the hall to talk to Sally. You're communicating through Slack, Teams, video chats um it's kind of it can definitely drain you zoom fatigue is definitely a real thing and then 57 percent of workers would consider leaving their current job if their employer stopped allow allowing remote work 35 percent of remote workers feel more productive when working fully remotely i think you have a um i think that's pretty much true in terms of like distractions and the interruptions, right? And if you're, if anybody's like me as the employee, I remember when I was working in the office, I would always just come down and interrupt my boss for at least 20 minutes to chat. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: <laughs> <Leah>. <laughs> and then 65% of workers desire to work remotely all of the time. And then 71% of remote workers stated that remote work helps balance their work in personal life. And I do believe that giving that flexibility. So some of these causes of burnout can come from stress. It can come from business needs changing. It can come from client expectations. It can come from not having taken a vacation. And it can also be your disengaged employees. Burnout can take a, a highly engaged employee and make them become disengaged. So what are some things that you've seen Summer in terms of burnout in your organizations.
0: Yeah, I've seen this I've seen this pop up as a pretty regular topic. And sometimes it varies based on the industry, the size of the company, like if they're understaffed. I um, and, and sometimes it just happens like I've seen it with clients because they're they're growing too quickly and they, you know, they can't hire to keep up to the demand. But I, I think one of the challenges that's maybe a little more universal is non-exempt you know salary team members working from home and really not having the same start and stopping point to their day that we would when we're in the office, right? Like for me, for example, you know, I would you know arrive in the office usually around 7 a.m and I was pretty consistent about that and I had for the most part, Um, For my day, my stopping time was about 6.30 p.m. So, you know, it's like, yes, there may be a certain project that would require me maybe later in the evening to hop on and do a little more work. But on average, that was the end of my day. Work was done. There was a hard, you know, start and an end to it. But when you work from home, it's much more difficult to create those boundaries And I think that's a big part of the burnout because, you know, it's easier to hop on earlier. It's easier just to keep going and going and going um, when you know that there's more work to be done. And that's just simply not healthy. And I think setting personal boundaries is really important, but also as a leader, helping reinforce the importance of those boundaries and recognizing that if you do have a team member who seems to always be online or is always working long hours it is really important that you know you find a way to address that to help keep them from burning out because that's okay in the very very short term but it's not it it's not going to lead you know, to great health and or great engagement long term it it's, it's the saying, Maria, like burning the fuse from both ends. It's absolutely true.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting because when you're remote, your communication decreases in terms of like this in person, nonverbal cues. And then you have, you know, connection, how it, the difficulty of making connections. So, one of the things I also found interesting from all these fun facts was that 53% of remote workers find it harder to feel connected to their coworkers, and implementing virtual team building activities and regular check-ins can foster a sense of community and connection. And so, um, you know, you're also talking about like the digital communication piece and we were talking about fatigue. It's very, I I find too, like with people who use Slack or Teams, um, they have the apps on their phone constant notifications coming in. And when you were talking about boundaries, one of my biggest boundaries is I don't have notifications on my phone. And so when I'm on, I'm on. And then when I'm off, I'm off. And so it really also comes up to the individual as well to make sure you're not constantly checking said apps. But also as for leaders is don't be messaging your people after eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. There's these really cool features that can schedule messages for first thing in the morning that's top of mind and if it's not top of mind for them you have to give them some time to
0: respond. Yeah that is a great point and I think um, in addition to that last point Maria because you know we're in totally different time zones right so if I'm working for example until you know seven at night that's 10 p.m your time so it is important right that you don't have those notifications on right to be Uh, receiving those messages, but also making sure that as people leaders, we are setting the expectations with our team. And I've seen one of my clients do this really well. They have it in their actual email line that said something to the effect of, you know, I, I work at hours that are, you know, best for me. You know, please don't feel that it's necessary, you know, to reply like at the time that you receive this message. So it's, you know, kind of the overarching message that is being sent is just because you get an email or message from me at 10 p.m. like the expectation is not that you're going to be online and respond to it. So I think letting your team know, hey, it's totally okay. Like if I send you these messages on a Saturday, I don't expect your response. If something's truly urgent, it's on fire, then I'm going to probably pick up the phone or I'm going to put in my message if I think that you're looking at them. Like, hey, if if you see this this weekend, Pretty urgent. Can you give me a call? But I'd reserve those for like absolute, truly emergency situations. Again, it'd probably be a phone call. You know, you you referenced the
1: the house earlier, and I'm like, if the house is on fire, that's when you pick up the phone and and you you call. But if your process of as clogs, that can wait.
0: <laughs> I love the analogy, Rhea. Yeah, that, that's so great. And, you know, burnout, you know, similar to engagement is just one of those things we can't really get into like truly the depths in just our show. But I think we covered a great in terms of like high level about, you know, what it looks like, um, some of the stats. And, you know, I think addressing the burnout, you know, for me, um, I'm encouraging. Uh, my clients to really think about if they can measure more of success on output than number of hours worked. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, let your team, you have your team members working like two hours a day. But I think the reality is if a typical workday is, let's just say eight hours, and they can get everything they need done in seven to not punish them for being efficient, right? But if You know, maybe there's an opportunity to um, have them work on something that's career development, you know, something that's going to help the company or them grow. Like perhaps there's an opportunity there, but I think offering as much flexibility as possible, as well as focusing on output versus, you know, hours spent on the clock is really the direction that I'm hearing team members are looking to go. And I think we're going to see like continue to see more of that.
1: Yeah. I, I have a couple clients that actually do a really good job where they just I I um in in one of my offers they sent for for this particular client, it was um we don't measure your know, hours or like we don't measure your butt in your seat.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. And you know, I, I think it works better for some companies than others, but yeah if you're a people leader listening to the show and thinking gosh you know I I hadn't thought about that you know maybe there's an opportunity there I do think it's worth thinking about and um in terms of our show today Maria Gosh, we've uh, we've made it to the finish line awfully fast. So if you're listening to our show and thinking you'd love to get some expert advice on how to tackle your employee engagement, any sort of you know people leader challenges you're encountering, uh, maybe you're starting to see signs of burnout and want to take an active approach to having a plan uh, to reduce and um, help take better care of your team members. Uh, We're here at Jumpstart. We work with clients just like you every day. Um, We can help you with um, either on a project basis, on a recurring subscription basis, um, or just on an hourly basis. So feel free to reach out to us. Hello at jumpstart-hr.com. And this concludes this week's episode. Maria, thank you so much for joining. It's always great to have you on. Thank you. It's always been
1: fun. Engagement is one of my favorite topics, along with many other things. So it's been a pleasure.
0: All right. Well, hope to see you on here again soon. Thanks, everyone, for joining our show today. And make sure you check us out next week for new content. See you then.